Good morning, everyone. Friends, um, today we celebrate the solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity, and I will get deeper into that. Um, but let me go with the easy pieces first, because the Holy Trinity is not easy to understand. So, my friends, our first, the readings selected for this solemnity are selected because each one of them uh, represent, in some way, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. From the book of wisdom, and the wisdom books is Proverbs. And Proverbs, um, in the Old Testament, wisdom is uh, spoken of in the feminine. Uh, for people who speak other languages, they know what that's like. Uh, we say uh, agua, uh, because it's, a, it's in the feminine, but water is not feminine or male, right? Uh, I bring this up because when we look at Proverbs and see what's being done, we are t being told about a relationship between God and creation. God has created all things. And then we hear about wisdom, and wisdom, uh, we need to learn something about that reading. The wisdom is being talked about in a way where wisdom comes, and wisdom is filled with joy, and is playing on the earth. And we all need to get to that place, especially nowadays. We need some of that joyfulness that uh, is spoken of about wisdom. It said it, it delighted in the human race. And my friends, through the lens of the New Testament looking into the Old, that is referring to the Holy Spirit. And there's nothing, there should be nothing unusual because uh, Father, Son, and Spirit are eternal. They have been together from the beginning. And so we see this glimpse of, of this Trinitarian thought, although primarily speaking, the first reading is talking about what the Father does, He created our second reading talks about the Son and what the Son did. The Son came and justified our relationship with the Father so we could enter back into relationship. We're justified, but that word justification isn't talking about like mercy and stuff. It's talking about uh, our right relationship with the Father. So when Jesus justifies us, it returns us to our right relationship. It's not a judgment, so much to speak. But what Christ does is wipes out something for us. So uh, our second reading talks about the Son. And the third reading talks about the Holy Spirit. This particular passage that comes from John is when Jesus is he's telling them he's leaving. This is part of the discussion when Jesus is saying, I'm going to my Father. And they don't understand. And they are upset now because he's leaving. In fact, they will ask him, we don't understand you. We don't know where are you going. So this is part of this conversation. And Jesus says, what I have to tell you, don't understand. You can't understand anymore. Um, but he said, but I'm going to send him, the Spirit, who is going to remind you of everything that I've revealed to you. About what? about my Father. But the Holy Spirit does more than that. It reminds us about Jesus and gets us deeper into the Son. So these three readings are set up to talk about Father, Son, and Spirit. And my friends, this, um, when it comes to, here we go, we're going into, this is the third time I'm delivering a homily on the Holy Trinity, and the Holy Trinity is very difficult to understand. And when I really spend time thinking about it, I get a headache because I'm trying to really understand and you can't do it. Like Jesus said, I have more to tell you, but your little brain can't handle it. 
You can try as you want. And Augustine had a very funny statement about that, and Aquinas does. And um, so, my friends, but why is this important? The, the central mystery of Christianity is the Trinity. Everything flows from it. Everything, and as a matter of fact, the church teaches, Mother Church and the Catechism says, this is the central mystery of Christianity, and all the other mysteries flow from it. Intellectually, I can get that. But there's another reason why understanding the Trinity is so important to you and I. Because properly speaking, we cannot love what we do not know. You cannot. You cannot love what you do not know. So God knows this. He knows us intimately because he created us. We didn't create him, but we need to love him properly, so we need to know. And this moves us from... Uh, it should move people from we should not love God for what he does for us, but we should love God for who God is. And now it's been revealed, one God, three persons. So uh, as I, last night, the homily was one way, 8, 8.30 was another way. So uh, this is my final delivery of it until next year. So if I mess this up, I have next year to do it over again. Um, so one of the things that our professors did uh, they had a systematic way of doing it. They had a classical way of helping us to understand the Trinity. And they began by definitions. So that we, our, my professor said, you need to know when I say this word, what I mean by that word. And, um, and I agree. And uh, one of the big stumbling blocks is the word person. Um, she was very clever. She said, we, uh, our difficulty is how we understand that word and how we apply it when we're talking about divinity, and how we talk about it when we're applying it to ourselves. And at first, we didn't get it. We're like, oh, I'm a professor talk. Um, but then later on, we discovered, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of, uh, yeah, I understood now what she meant. And what person means in theology of the Trinity is not what person means in our common language and use for people. Uh, we make a mistake in looking at the divinity, the divine persons, and God in the same way we do people. And, uh, uh, there is a complete distinction between three human people. When I bring up, like, my mother, my father, and me. Uh, and while people may say, oh, you can tell he's, he's of his father, <laughs> that's not the same thing as the Trinity. There's something different going on. I am not my father or my mother, and my mother and my father are not me. If we apply this to the divine persons then the conclusion would be that there are three gods. But that's not what the Scripture says. The Scripture says there is one. But the revelation is that there are three distinct persons. And uh, uh, this becomes <laughs> extremely difficult for us to understand. Each divine person is God, whole and entire. But there is only one God. Because, if you will, the distinction between them uh, comes in, in way of relationship uh, to the other. Uh, and the task, uh, these are all, everything fails, but to the task um, the scripture ascribes to each. Um, in 1 Corinthians 8 6 and 12 6, we're told the same God who produces all of them and everyone, which is a baffling statement. But, uh, but I come to John, John's gospel. John tells us that God is love. And um, in order to love, and I'm going to try and approach it the way the professors did. In order to love, there has to be something to love. 
Uh, so my professor would say, if God was alone, nothing else existed but God, and God is solitary, there is nothing to love. So she said, we need to think about this. Uh, we can present it in uh, the lover, the beloved. And then uh, for us, she would say in the spirit, is the proceeds from that love and binds. Uh, it was just, the way she did it was wonderful, but I, we began to understand what she was talking about. If God is just God alone, meaning solitary nothing, there is nothing to love. You must, the lover must have a beloved. And so uh, right from the beginning, there's this communio, this family that's been there from all eternity. But uh, the scriptures tell us what Father does, what Son does, what Holy Spirit does. And um, God the Father and Creator, God the Son, Redeemer, God the Holy Spirit and Sanctifier. And they're not just symbols or images. Uh, they tell us about the very presence. They help us to experience. Uh, I learned I needed to get out of my head when it came to the Holy Trinity and started using my heart to understand, because that's how you understand relationships. One, I, I was, I can talk about love all I want, but unless you experience love, you're never going to really fully understand what it is. So I can talk about the Holy Trinity, on and on and on and on and on, but until you experience the Holy Trinity, you're never going to fully grasp any of it. So we should approach it as a relationship, as love. And, uh, but just to give you guys even more, I want to go to John's Gospel, John 10.30. Jesus, who is God, um, says, The Father and I are one. And he means it. And then in John 17.11, he says about you, all of you, that they may be one as we are one. <laughs> John 17, 21. This is Jesus. So that they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. And here it is. That they also may be in us. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> It says a lot, actually. And, my friends, this doctrine of the Holy Trinity puts into human words the Christian experience, at least it should be, of God as revealed by Jesus Christ, who is the icon of the Father. Jesus said, if you see me, you see my Father. Meaning, you know and experience him. And my friends, when it comes to religions of the monotheistic religions, which would be Islam and Judaism, we all hold to one God. But there's a difference with that third one, us, the Christianity. We are the only ones that hold that God is triune. Judaism and Islam look at us like, what are you talking about? Are you nuts? And in my head, I'm like, mm, yeah, I know. I know what you mean. I get it, because this is difficult, because they do not accept that. No, 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 one God, you did but three, no, 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 you're talking about three people, no, 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 let me define the word person, <laughs> and, um, 
And people, <laughs> it doesn't work. So Judaism and Islam do not recognize God in Trinity. It is uniquely Christian uh, to know the mystery of God in the Trinity of persons. Uh, and even a greater privilege, if you will, to know God the Father, God who is Son, God who is Spirit, as part of our lives, because that's what that John 17 was talking about, is part of our lives. And my friends, on the one hand, sometimes I just, you know, let others explain the Trinity. Let Aquinas and Augustine do it, and let us just experience but my friends, one of the things that the professor does is uh, describe terms. So um, she began by telling us what is uh, nature is what one is. And so when we speak, uh, what is Father, Son, and Spirit? Their nature is God. They're of one essence and uh, uh, one uh, nature and one substance. And uh, it's hard for us to even to put that together. And... Um, person is who is. So uh, the nature is God and who he is. There's three, Father, Son, and Spirit. And um, for instance, to, to try to put it in the human word, uh, what am I? I am a human person. Does everyone agree? At least most of the time, I appear to be human to you. <laughs> I know sometimes Father can be cranky, but that's part of humanity, right? Um, who I am, I am Father Mark. My nature is to be a human. Who I am as a person is Father Mark with all of his quirkiness and stuff. And then um, we try and apply this to the Trinity. Uh, when we use the word uh, nature, substance, essence, and uh, being, um, and we use... Uh, Michelle Heisman, who uh, is on staff with us last night, I, I asked her, please listen and then give me your feedback because uh, I'm talking about something difficult. And she said, well, why don't you use the creed and talk about begetting? And I'm like, oh, we don't even want to go into that, do the begetting part. You know. But, uh, you know, if you don't know, because <laughs> then I have to describe and de define begetting because it's not the same as creating. It's different. Father, Son, and Spirit have been eternal. They've been together from the beginning. So God did not create the father did not create the son he begets the son and then the holy spirit proceeds <laughs> and they've all been there from the beginning as the scriptures tell us so my father it is important because as i said in order to love someone you must know them god knows you intimately and he loves you. And he wants you to love him back. Father, Son, Spirit. So he revealed to us so that we would come to know and to love. This teaching of the Trinity is the central mystery of Christianity. In the most holy Trinity, Christians profess, there is but one God, substance, material. It's nature. But three persons. Father, Son, and Spirit. The Trinity is in fact a mystery because the human mind cannot and will not ever be able to understand it completely. This poses challenges for modern-day thinkers because something like this should be able to be explained and understood completely, and it cannot be. And uh, 
so much so the great thinkers inside the church and outside the church have struggled with this. Um, what we do come to is that God has been trying to reveal his inner self, if you will, as long and we because we see the exterior of that, we see creation, but God, the inner working, and the first thing that comes to mind is it's communio, what we call communio, it's family, as we would understand it, Father, Son, Spirit. Many great intellectuals and theologians have tried to explain the Trinity. They use so many different images, and I try and stay away from them. One because I don't get them right always the images, but. One of the ones that I really liked was one that was put forth about the sun. The sun, one, and then it has heat, and it has light, and it has energy, but it is still the sun. And it kind of worked for me, and, uh, and all the other, the, everything falls short, though. Uh, perhaps the most solid approach comes from the scriptures themselves, as we saw, like from Proverbs and from our second reading. And my friends, what the one thing I am very confident of, God never chose to give us a theological tristice on his inner workings. He didn't send a document to us. Here, read this, and you'll understand me. <laughs> it don't work. But he did reveal himself in history, and that revelation is found in all of the scriptures, all of them, including Old Testament, not just New Testament, but Old. Starting from the beginning and working to the end, we find that God first revealed himself as creator, as father, and then as son, redeemer, and then as Holy Spirit, sanctifier, wisdom. In the Old Testament, we see God acting as creator. He created all the world and everything that is in it, everything, the sun, the moon, the star, everything, nothing exists without him. We see the Father's great love of humanity, of all the things that he created that we're aware of, of all the things, his greatest work is you because you are made in his image. And that first reading says, and God took delight in humanity, creating us, not only creating us, but the scriptures go on to say that he gave us authority Remember in Genesis, and I give you authority over what I've created on the earth. And even though humanity at times has made a mess of things, God has not remained distant from us. Through covenants made with Abraham and Moses, God puts forth his love for you and I. His care. And as Jesus would tell us, I'm here so that you can enter back into relationship with my Father. Through it, God has sent prophets and constant messages that says, I love you. I love you. Return to me. If we understand God as Father reaching out to reconcile his wayward children, the very ones he created out of nothing, we will come to understand the love. And then in the scriptures tell us in the fullness of time, God sends the Son God the Father, if you will, steps back and allows the Son to come forward and do what the Son does, redeem. And brings us back. It says we are justified. Paul says we are justified. When he says justified, it's not like a court of law. In this instance, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about our relationship, 
that justified is referring to a relationship. We have been brought back into our proper relationship by what Jesus does, wipes out the sin debt, and we're able to call God Father and be in relationship, our right relationship with Him. The Son, uh, if you will, takes uh, the stage on salvation history. My friends, and this is, I will be very careful how I put this, this is where Old Testament closes, if you will, and New Testament opens. The Son enters into our human history. And, uh, <laughs> and here it just keeps getting more mind-boggling. Now the second person of the Trinity, the Son, becomes incarnate, takes on flesh. And the church teaches, has two natures. And I'm like, here we go, <laughs> fully divine and fully human. Another one of the mysteries. But my friends, Jesus said, if you see me, you see my Father. I and my Father are one. So when it comes to, and I don't mean to diss on any other religions or any other Christian denominations, but there is no more revelation. Christ came and revealed all that there is because him and the Father are one. So anything I hear about, nope, nope, Jesus revealed everything. But he sent the Holy Spirit to take us deeper into the revelation. Remember he said, I've, I'm sending the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will help you to remember all that I have taught you and all the things you didn't understand. So there is only deeper understanding of the revelation he's given to us. And this is what the Holy Spirit does for us. And uh, but Jesus' death and resurrection uh, certainly uh, uh, healed uh, the rift between humanity and the Father. The Word of God, Jesus, is the perfect revelation of the Father. And this is why I say there is no greater revelation. There can never be. Um, my friends, and even within this, uh, when we think about Jesus, uh, we think about uh, his apostles still struggle with things. Uh, they were, it was hard for them to comprehend Jesus, and they walked with him for three years. They lived with him for three years. Day and night, they ate with him three years, and he taught them for three years. And they still couldn't grasp, one, his divinity, but then something else happened that was, they just, it was impossible. His resurrection of body, it became such a struggle that Jesus had to go on a beach and start a barbecue and eat with them. You guys don't find that funny? It's funny. They couldn't get it. He's a ghost. He's a spirit. He's nothing. There he is on the beach cooking, making fish and eating because ghosts don't eat and spirits don't eat and imaginations don't eat. So he, on the one hand, it's absolute brilliance. But it speaks about love what he would do for love. He did this. So maybe making that barbecue on the beach. It's in the scriptures. Go and read it. He was on the beach and he made a barbecue, told him to bring the fish. Because they had such a hard time believing and understanding not only his divinity, but the resurrection and eternal life. So Jesus knows this. He returns to the Father and he sends the Holy Spirit. Not only to fulfill the work that Jesus began but to help us to understand because we cannot love what we do not know. 
The Holy Spirit has been guiding and enlightening the church so much that it has expanded to all the ends of the earth and has survived 2,000 plus years. The Holy Spirit signifies the continuing abiding presence of God in the world today, helping the church to understand and to put into practice the reality of the teachings of Jesus of Nazareth. So now you understand the Holy Trinity, you can go out and explain it to someone else. I can go sit down. <laughs> we celebrate today the solemnity of the most holy trinity. So let us give thanks to God the Father who created us, to God the Son who redeemed us and returned us to our right relationship with the Father, and to God the Holy Spirit who continues to live within us and in the church as a life-giving and sanctifying force. The Holy Trinity is a marvelous mystery of love. The central teaching of the Holy Trinity is our human way of speaking about the nature of the one God. It is all about God and his infinite death of love in himself and about how God expresses this love in relationship outside of God's self. God's love is a trinity of expressions in divine persons. They constitute a community among themselves, and the love is so great that what comes forth from it is everything, all of creation, everything that exists. All of this means, my friends, if you forget everything else, remember this. All of this means that one day you and I will return to this family of Father, Son, and Spirit. We will return. We will enter into the very heart of this divine God in whose image you have been created in the way he has wanted it from the beginning. My friends, uh, throughout uh, in the world, God has put forth things to help us to understand. If we want, we can look at the family, mother, father, child the lover, the beloved, the child, as a way of understanding. The professor also did something using uh, the human anatomy, our brain. I can't do it. I tried. I went home last night. I'm like, the brain, the brain, brain, and the thought. And I'm like, nope, can't do it because I don't even understand it. How can I explain to you what she did when I don't even understand it? But when she told me about it, it worked. But now, now I know that it worked, but I just can't explain it to you. But it was, I'll work on it for next year. And my friends, here's the other important piece about Jesus and what he said and how we should understand it. He said, and I'm going to paraphrase, if you love, my Father and I will make our dwelling with you. So even as we wait to go back to our family of Father, Son, and Spirit, we are not alone. Because Jesus said, my Father and I will make our dwelling with you now. So you are never alone. God is with us. Not here. But here. And Jesus said, from the heart. From the heart. Love and holiness 
So if you hate, that dwelling will not be made with you because that is unacceptable and not a place proper for God who is love. So you've got to make sure to move the hate out so that he can make his dwelling, Father, Son, and Spirit within you. Amen? Friends, we are about to profess our Nicene Creed, and inside the Nicene Creed, uh, when people, sometimes people come to the priest and say, someone asked me what is Christianity, what, uh, how do I explain Christianity? I don't know what to do. And I said, every Sunday we recite the Nicene Creed. Recite the Nicene Creed to them. When someone comes and says, you're a Christian, what is that? What do you believe? I believe in God, the Father, creator of all. Just do the creed. And they said, well, what do they want more details? And I said, tell them to call the archbishop. <laughs> Usually they call me to get more detail. But you should be able to comfortably speak about this. Um, and when you don't know what to say, when someone says you're Christian, tell me what it is you believe. Recite the creed to them because it tells you what we believe.